views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. You're listening to Get the Out. You're listening to Get the Out. Yo, you're listening to Get the Out. You're listening to Get the Out. What's up? You're listening to Get the Out. Yo, you're listening to Get the Out. You're listening to Get the Out. Uh, excuse me, it's Get the Funk Out. Right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, every Monday at 9. For more information on the show, you can visit the show blog at getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. That's right, get the f*** out! Alright, enough already. I get it. Hi there, you're listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine. Very excited to have special guest, VO Chef, that's voiceover, by the way, Deb Monroe standing by. And uh, if you don't know a little bit about Deb, let me just share a little bit about her background. Uh, she blends together one part conversation with a generous portion of energy, add just the right amount of professionalism. And she's very unique. She sprinkles in a lot of quirky different characters, sarcasm to taste. Ah, she's just incredible. I read her bio and I'm very excited to have VO chef Deb Monroe on today's show. Hi, Deb. Hi. Thanks so much for calling in. Yes, it's my pleasure. Thanks for asking. I'm, I'm honored and uh, happy to be a part of the show. I've heard your name in the VO community because I'm a voiceover, voiceover actress as well. And uh one thing I had mentioned offline just now is you wrote this great article, How Do You Handle Stress? Create a Voiceover Character. Before we get into that, how did you become a voiceover actress? Um, actually, my whole youth, I, I, I spent, I'm an only child, and I spent it glued to the TV. <laughs> I loved the TV, and I wanted to be in it, and so I always thought I just wanted to be a TV actor. And, okay. you know, award shows, I would cry. And, but then I became a, um, a young mom at the age of 16 and realized wow. I had to get a real job because acting didn't pay so good and so steady. Mm-hmm. And my mom saw a broadcasting course, so I actually took broadcasting first other than my theater background. And I enjoyed broadcasting. Like, out of school, it was really easy. But once I got into the four white walls with barely a window, and (laughs) they told me I could play anything I want, and then I got in trouble for playing everything I wanted, and I didn't have any kind of reaction. You know, I didn't know how people, if they were laughing at my jokes, I didn't know if what I was doing was working, so I sounded uncomfortable on the air. Yes. And, and later on in my career, I, I kind of dabbled back into film thinking that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And I became a casting agent because I just wanted to get my hands into everything. And so that casting um, opportunity allowed me to pick my own agent, basically, and I got an audition for a cartoon. Oh, and that was my very first audition. And it was like, wow, I never thought of who voices cartoons. And that just <laughs> launched me into an online world of voicing. So I was in local or medium markets, so Mm -hmm. going union at that time was just not 
foreseeable at all. It wasn't a big enough market. So I learned and became a veteran of the online voiceover marketplace. I see. Yes, yes. So how did things grow from there? Because then you started doing other things for Disney and... Microsoft, yeah, like that. you know, I, I think because originally it's, we have these sites called pay to play where um, it, it's now a good marketing avenue, not necessarily good income avenue, right. but where they the clients will post an audition and then we'll get the audition sent to us in email. And basically, word of mouth happened. The, the more aggressive you are in your business, the, the bigger you become by word of mouth. And that's really what happened for me. And coaching just kind of landed into my lap because I love helping people. It's just part of my nature. And so I was doing it for free all the time anyway, and it was actually starting to take up too much time. And and I felt I kind of had a knack for telling people what other people wouldn't tell them to their face. I think that my casting background really helped me to learn how to treat people with tact but yet be brutally honest because right. it, in my first part of it, because I was trained broadcaster, I didn't understand that there was habits I needed to break. We tend to read in a sing-song fashion or we push words as opposed to really mean them. And so I learned some film. I took some training and learned film. And once I introduced that into my world, the the casting directors weren't telling me what I was doing wrong. So I had to figure it out myself, and I just thought that was unfair. So I set out to start helping people as well, and that just turned into a second kind of career for me as well. So I'm a voice actor full-time, and I voice coach on the side as well. And again, word of mouth is become my 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 biggest friend (laughs) i'm very fortunate that people just somehow find me and if you're on the beginning of this plan of of the internet you know you you get easily found whereas starting today is a little more difficult what are some common misconceptions people have about jumping into voiceover well first of all anybody that has a voice they think they can do it because they have a voice and Mm -hmm. and and they're half right i believe anyone can do this short of a speech impediment like a really bad speech impediment or really poor reading skills you have have to know how to bring words to life. And a lot of people can sit at home and do their little ad-lib characters and come up with tons of voices. But what happens when I give you a script that someone else wrote and maybe you don't like the grammar or you don't like appreciate the message or whatever it is, you have to become what I feel is the truest form of acting because there isn't anything to help you along. There's not necessarily visuals to, to paint the story. So you have to be the storyteller who paints that picture to life and you become an extremely, I think, one of the best salesmen in the planet because I have to make you believe as the listener that I mean the words I'm saying even though I don't. Like if I have to voice a seafood commercial, I'm allergic to seafood. So I don't know how it tastes except it makes me ill to my stomach and it makes my throat (laughs) close up. So for me to talk about how succulent it is is just not a reality. So I have to replace it in my head with something that is that way. And so people might have the voice but they might not know how to act. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the biggest things. And there's a ton of investment into this that people don't expect. They think, again, well, you know, hey, Debbie, I have a voice. Um, you know, will you train me for a day, and then can I get a demo tomorrow, oh, and can I get it. some work? Forget it. No way. That's not how it works. It's years. Like, this can take six, seven, it depends on you. And that's why there is no quick fix program, and there's no way to tell you how long it'll take you because it depends on how much you put an investment into it, both time and energy and training. And and the the veterans of our world, so the people that have been doing this for 30-plus years, I've been doing it for about 20 years, Mm -hmm. the veterans of our world have been doing it since the very beginning of time. They landed into it. People grabbed them off the street. Hey, can you do this for me? And then now you don't find that anymore. 
who you know is definitely important in most crafts, but you really do have to have, be, have training and experience to even get anywhere, and that's not easy to obtain. So you have to be very dedicated, very driven, and extremely passionate, and no good business skills. And you have to have really thick skin. <laughs> really thick skin. You're going to get way more no's than you will ever get yeses. And you know, if, if I can just touch on that for a second, mm-hmm. Meryl Streep, for example, one of the best actresses of our time, no one sees her no's. No one hears about all the no's she got in the beginning and the naysayers and the, and the junky commercial she did, and like what I call the schlepping. They don't <laughs> show you that, which is sad. I wish okay. they would so that actors weren't so misguided because when they get into this world, they think stardom, stardom, stardom. I personally just think, hey, this is fun. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm just really lucky it pays. <laughs> I know, I know. One of the things we talked about before we get into your article is how, you know, sometimes we have these interesting backgrounds of why we got into voiceover. Maybe we're very insecure. I know for me, I, I hated public speaking. And my first voiceover class, my teacher in Boston, who I really loved, she had me skipping around the room swearing while we were reading <laughs> copy. And it was great because I was so nervous. By the end, I was in hysterics laughing. Everybody was laughing with me. And I'm reading a Clorox commercial. And I came out of my shell. Yeah. And it was perfect. You have to be okay to take a lot of risks, and that's what a lot of people are uncomfortable with as a society as a whole. I mean, we go back to when we were born, and we were taught to grow up. We're taught to stop playing. And, and so what happens is kids are the best study because kids are not taught to judge yet. That doesn't happen for a little while. They don't, they, we aren't born to judge. Unfortunately, it's born into us. So it's right. bred into us by everybody telling us, oh, this person's um, fat, this person's skinny, this person's tall, this person's short, this person's pretty, this person's not, instead of just allowing people their own perceptions. Yes. So people are afraid of taking risks. And, and I love the exercise with the swears. Swears are mm-hmm. a great way to connect to people even if you don't swear, which is a little more difficult. But swears aren't really a bad thing. It's the intention behind them. Yes. And, and people get very nervous about letting go and showing the real you, like the real fun you, the silly you, the mad you, the angry you. This world is full of emotions. And if you're not in touch with your emotions, makes it very, very, very difficult. And there's a lot of similarities between the personalities of actors in general. Like there's a lot of ADD, a lot of ADHD, there's a lot of disorders that way. I think as a society, we all have some. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether it's classified or not. There's just commonalities like, like what you touched on there. Um, and I feel that most actors have, especially voice, have a need for appreciation somewhere along the line. Yes. There was somewhere they just didn't feel appreciated, so therefore they need to be heard more. Yes. Or they're like me where they just talk a lot. And I think I have the appreciation. I think I stand in there. where, I'd, And it's not that my mom didn't appreciate me, but maybe other kids didn't appreciate, appreciate me the way I was trying to appreciate myself. So mm-hmm. I had this need to be heard, and I talk a lot, so thank God I'm in the right industry that I can actually be paid to do what I do anyway because I'll just irritate people (laughs) by talking too much, so you kind of find a home. But there's a lot of, um, again, commonalities amongst actors that, that, that kind of draw them into this craft, just like there are artists where they're more reclusive. Yes. But you have all walks of life in this industry, which is so fascinating. I'll teach anyone from the head of Chevron to just because he wanted to kind of dabble in it and see what it was like, mm-hmm. to uh, someone who's homeless on the street, to uh, a nurse, a bus driver. I mean, it's just all different walks of life. But yes. again, some common personality traits for sure. Now let's talk about your article because 
boy, did that strike a chord with me. How do you <coughs> handle stress creating a voiceover character? I had mentioned to you, I would be driving in L.A. traffic and thinking about somebody, okay, maybe somebody in my family who upset me, and I might start talking the way they speak or or just coming up with a mocking character. yeah and it, but it's cathartic it made me feel better yeah. but I, but in, in essence i came up with a new character so i record the character and it was really funny to listen to later on it's the listening back part that's where it's most educational and the most most growth yes. so if you're like anger is one of our truest emotions that we we can give ourselves permission to go into four white walls go in and hit record and then just mm -hmm. let go what happens however is most people can't do that because they're too afraid of what people will think um, it's no different than the mom who's giving her child heck at, at the local Walmart store. I mean, she's she's refraining because she doesn't want them to see what she really does at home. Most of us don't want us, others to see what we're like angry. Yes. So if you can find a comfortability of allowing yourself to feel the feeling without it affecting anyone but yourself, you are actually releasing what your body needs. Your body needs to release stress. And so you have different forms of stress relief. Some people are very physical, so they need a physical release, and they're not paying attention to the fact that they need to hit something. Instead, they hit the wrong thing. Yes. You know, um, people that have a physical need should be into kickboxing and sports and something that's very aggressive so that when they're angry, they have a place to go. Mm -hmm. Or even when you're overly happy, there's an adrenaline that comes out and maybe, in, in our case, you're extra silly, so there's a, a little uh, a voice enhancement that comes out of that or a character that's younger or youthful or more playful or over the top. Um, mm -hmm. If you go ahead and try these things and then and then listen back. So again, let's go back to the physical person, someone who's very aggressive, and and they want to scream at the top of their lungs. Well, it, it, there's nothing more healing than literally acting like that little baby you're pretending not to be, <laughs> going into the room and having a total temper tantrum. Right. It's just making sure no one else is listening to it, so you don't have to feel judged. Yes. Because yes. if you can let go into that anger, happy, sad, whatever the emotion is, you will actually connect to something you've never heard before, especially if you're recording it and listening back. Right. And I remember doing it the first time, and I was mad at my kids. And I just went on the, on the microphone, and I mean, you don't have to have a microphone, you can have a cell phone, mm -hmm. whatever means you have to record, any computer nowadays records pretty much. Mm -hmm. Hit record, and then just lose it. So if it's yelling at your kids, yell at your kids. If it's yelling at your spouse, yell at your spouse. Say everything you want to say and get it all out. And then hit record, listen, hit play, and you're going to be upset with yourself, in shock of yourself, laugh at yourself. You're going to be like, wow, do I really do this? Is that how I sound? Exactly. Ooh. <laughs> you know, you, you probably most likely won't like what you hear, which is yes. the educational part. Yes. Because is. you'll learn how that sounds to someone else now. Right. And right. hopefully you'll care enough about how that sounds. So there's a crafty way to do this for us that are in voice acting. We create a character, and now I can have my villain. Yes. You know, this is my villain for next week's audition or, or whatever it might be. Yes. Um, but for those of us that don't have that outlet, you're, you're actually able to listen to what you do when you're really in this state of mind and whether you really want to be that person. And there's a way to craftily change that. You know, the more you do this and the more you listen back, the more you'll be able to educate yourself. You won't, that's what a psychologist does. Yes, yes. They just literally voice back to us what we said, but they just change the message so that it's more um, productive. You know, one thing I and, want to add to that, excuse me one second, is that I have actually uh, 
brought my kids into this whole crazy world of mine with voiceover. And there are times when I, you know, I'll see them communicating and I'll say, you know, you got to watch maybe your tone of voice because when you're trying to just say, you know, the simplest thing, this is silly, but maybe, uh, you know, watch that glass, you're going to spill it. And you're shouting. There's a nice way to say it. I said, imagine if yeah. I was shouting, I love you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I said try to bring it down into something a little nicer, or and then we do these crazy character voices, and it's become really funny around the house. Yeah, and 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 at the same time, our family gets sick of it after a while. So it's almost like if you get angry in a certain way, after a while, it's very redundant to the rest of the household. Yes, they, they're used to it. They can predict it. They know exactly where it's going, so they can manipulate you. So you have to be very creative. I learned this through my kids. It's like, okay, I was a yeller. Um, I was raised as a yeller, so I just yelled. And then I started learning, okay, this isn't working anymore. She started, as my oldest one started getting to her teen years. So I actually started reversing that completely and went exactly, totally calm in my anger. And that messed her right up. Oh, you know, so it's finding little ways to, to get creative in the way you're communicating to people because we tend to communicate, like I feel we're communication experts. That's what I've become. That's mm-hmm. what I do for a living. I'm a mm-hmm. communication expert. And I've had to learn through business skills how to speak my mind because I'm very outspoken, but do it in a way that the other person needs to hear it their way. So voicing a commercial, for example, what I'm really doing is voicing someone else's words their way. So I'm not really being me. If I was being me, I wouldn't say it that way. So I've learned how to adapt myself for each person that I'm a teaching or each audience member that I'm voicing a spot to so that they can listen because they're not going to listen if you're always voicing your way because it's too selfish and it's too one-sided. So you find creative ways to to kind of play with that. For example, like you said, the characters and and developing fun into it. But when you have to get serious, you have to get serious. And so how well are your family members really listening to you? Mm -hmm. Or are they just kind of mocking you behind your back, listening in one ear and out the other because they know exactly where it's going to go next week? Predictability or unpredictability, in my opinion, is the key. I was going to say to parenting, but you know what? It's the key to everything. Right. Because if I'm predictable and my voice reads, I'm going to lose you as an audience member. Mm -hmm. But if I do something all of a sudden very weird or different, now I've grabbed your attention again. Right. And it's very hard to self-direct, let's say, if you're in a book and, you know, I mean, whoa, I I think it really helps to go to workshops from time to time and not be stuck in your own little world or your closet recording absolutely well and you got to stay current on the trends i still i'm, I'm a voice coach but i still take training like uh, after mm-hmm. our session today i'm going to uh, a workshop here i just moved to toronto so i'm moving in canada here and so i'm going to go meet the locals it's important for me to meet them mm-hmm. it's important for me to be seen in front of them it's important for me to see what's current here versus what i knew before so it's also keeping up with the trends and if you ever go to a voice convention or a and whatever your profession is, when you go to a convention for your profession, there's an energy draw out of it, and you should get a rush out of that. Yes. And so it's nice to be around people that are of like minds. <laughs> like, I remember yes. the very first convention I went to, um, I, was, I was overwhelmed by how many people were like me because I thought I was abnormal. I just <laughs> thought I wasn't a normal person. I talked too much. I like to be heard. Um, all these things happened, and all of a sudden I met you know, uh, uh, a few hundred people of the same like minds. And it was, I, I cried, actually. It was, I was overwhelmed at how that energy changed. And if you get a whole bunch of voice actors in a room, guys, you'll feel the energy. You might be a little overwhelmed, but you'll feel the energy. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
I went to uh, That's VoiceOver in L.A. in August, and it was really good being around people in the industry and looking at the panel of people and listening to, you know, different people I admire uh, because you need to be, you know, collaborating and networking constantly. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that they're important to also just get a handle on, on what opportunities there are out there. You're seeing that this person does this for a living specifically, so you're also finding niche markets, which are important. I don't think – a lot of people have the mistake of going to these um, venues with in mind they're going to get work, and that's really not the place to be driving work from, but it is the place to meet like minds again. And, and everybody has to be careful with the social media side of it because they, they tend to if, – if some of my students spent as much time on their craft as they do in social media, they'd actually get somewhere. Yes, that's you so know, true. That's pe- so true. People waste a lot of time. Like, and I know social media is a very part, uh, important part of our productive ec- economic society. But utilizing it properly, again, communication, communicating correctly on it is, is the key because you get yourself in a lot of trouble that you really wouldn't have been in before, and it's exposed to the world, and you can't delete it or That's take right. it back. That's right. So, you know, people have to be careful how they're, they're utilizing the, the new trend of, of conventions and social media and everything else and, and make sure that they're um, looking for the right things. And I think one of the things I have learned is it's really important to have a life. You really have to walk away from all the networking yeah. and social media. I mean, I love how you, you like to decorate cakes. Uh, you're into drawing and painting and scrapbooking. You sound like you have some balance. I do. I, I really do try. Like, I'm a workaholic. There's mm-hmm. no question. So, um, and, and it's because I really enjoy it, not because I just love working. I think I do have a strong work ethic. Mm-hmm. But I also try to, again, utilize my time that is social on, on things that are fun. Like, I love being a mom. That's my first fun thing to do. And I'm a grandma of two. And wow. I love bringing them over and doing crafts. And I love painting and, and drawing. And so I take time for me as much as I take time for my business. And I also recognize that I work 24 hours a day, so it's important that I feed my family. And I don't mean financially, I mean emotionally. It's important that I take time out to play dice with them. Like I I force everybody for a couple-hour media strike because we're all on our phones. You know, every family's doing this um, in the sense of being on their phones, and you're not really connecting. And so what I do is I put away the electronic game even because even the electronics are still electronic and I force them to do dice or cards. And I've had to force them. Like at first, everybody's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and so I just, I just kept forcing it on them, and they have fun every single time, and now it's them asking us instead of the other way around. That's so they're learning, because if we don't teach the kids what we grew up with, mm-hmm. they're never going to learn it. Yes. Well, I play dice on my computer. Well, yeah, but there's no interaction of conversation. You know, and so it is important that you balance your life out. And, and, and I think uh, that is all part of making me healthy. So if we go back to, to what this topic is about, about actually creating characters based on situations, mm-hmm. it's so important that um, because I'm able to go into my booth and get my yayas out of emotion and everything else, it's really super important that I continue to do that so that I'm always feeding my emotional side. So it's almost like I have a permanent psychologist with me all the time. And it doesn't mean that I think everybody needs a psychologist or a counselor or someone to teach them communication and how to handle stresses and how to handle different things. But because I have this outlet all the time, I feel very healthy and I feel very balanced. 
you know, and, and I pay attention. I probably am an overthinker of other people. I'm overly empathetic is what I like to word it as. Like, mm-hmm. even when I drive, I drive for everybody. <laughs> oh, they're going to need me to get out of the left lane soon, so I better get out of the left lane oh, soon. Or they're going to need me to do this. So I'm over empathetic, and it helps me to be a better communicator, and I think it keeps me balanced because I don't um, – I like to word it like I'm a giver and a taker. Mm-hmm. I love giving, but I also like receiving. Sure. And that's sure. a balance that a lot of people don't have. They're really good at either giving or they're really good at taking. And finding that in between is really important because it's that elementary adage, if you don't love yourself, no one else can love you back. And right. it's taken me many, many years to learn what that really means and how to apply it for myself. And then I don't have any guilt. Yeah. You know, I don't sit yeah. in guilt. I'm 100% honest all the time. And I'm always healing because I'm always feeding my emotions. I'm always entertaining them as opposed to hiding them or suppressing them. Yes. Because if you pretend you're not angry right now, you might be doing someone else a service around you, but I'm promising you you're doing yourself a disservice. If people want to find out more information about you or connect with some of your uh, Skype workshops, you do offer Skype workshops? Yeah, I do. I, I typically do. Um, I like the private coaching more just because the workshops, I think, are great. Mm-hmm. But I tend to see everybody like every six months, and then I feel like I'm wasting your money because I'm repeating the same thing, I you know. See. And I like to see a more aggressive plan if you want to see exactly. more action. And I also do life coaching, so you don't have to be a voice actor or, oh, or an great. actor, film actor. Yes. Um, but I have a website. It's debsvoice.com, so D-E-B-S. Mm-hmm. Voice v o i c e dot com, um, and if anybody wants to just Google me and, and do a little research, I always encourage that. Um, Debbie Monroe, but the Monroe is without the e. We couldn't afford that one, so it's <laughs> M U N R O. Um, they get hold of me any of those ways. Perfect. Thank you so much for calling into the Get the Funk Out Show. I love the title. <laughs> That's a great job, Janine. I'm Thank very you. proud of you, and thanks so much for reaching out. It was oh, my pleasure. Thanks. It's great having you on the show. Take care. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. That was Deb Monroe calling in from Toronto. She is a an award-winning voice talent and coach and recently moved to her new home and studio in Toronto. If you want more information about her, visit debsvoice.com. Also, the show will be up on my blog uh, within about an hour, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And coming up in just a bit, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. Have a great Monday, everybody. I'll be back here next week. Thank <laughs> you.